My, 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 Janet Lee, you're playing today with just amtristic. And should people not know what that word means, it's a spirit kind of electricity. Thank you so much. And hello out there, everybody. Well, climb on board. This ship is a skyship, and it's headed upward. And it is going to give you a view of down below like you've never seen before. And this is the series number 12. What is the Holy Ghost? And as we talk about it, and we deliver it, and we reveal it, it's very much akin to one of the last things that's recorded in the book of St. James. That if all of the things were said that should be said, I suppose it, was, it is written, I suppose the world could not contain it or comprehend it. And the Bible says, the light shone in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Well, we're here today to help you break that barrier of non-comprehending. We're here today to show you a speed of light that is faster than celestial light in the sense of starlight, sunlight. A spirit kind of instantaneousness. Many interesting things are happening out there on the scientific front. I want to share a few things along that line today as a prelude to our teaching. This will be the last of the series of what is the Holy Ghost for now. We hope to finish it one day. Probably will not start it up again until fall because we need this time to work on finishing some very, very, very important books like the Black Hole Manual book and the, the absolutely awesome My Father's House book. So that along with the book of evolution will uh, be sensational and will revolutionize the thinking of a lot of people who have been bound in knots and in whirlpools of confusion. An interesting article put out by the Toronto Star talks about dinosaurs. And it says that the new discoveries, the new views that are being found are expected to radically reshape the family tree of dinosaurs. I read, the published findings hint that dinosaurs might have originated in the northern hemisphere rather than the southern and could upend an understanding of dinosaur evolution that has gone largely unchallenged for some 130 years. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you will get on board with me with that statement. There has not been any challenge in the scientific community that has been successful, that has been notable. There has not been any challenge in the Ecclesiastes 
area of people who are in religiosity. And that's been going on for, they say, and I'm sure they're right if not longer, 130 years. May we introduce you to a dynamic movement that is on the verge of launch. And it has to do with the word manifest. And the word manifest means to bring to light. And it doesn't hurt to have the word yada, Y-A-T-A, hanging around. Because that is a Hebrew word that means knowledge. So when we talk of the manifest or yada or manifest yada, we're talking about the enlightenment of knowledge. And so on this thing about the dinosaurs, one of the interesting things about it is that they say it's going to have to be radically rewritten and even uprooted and replanted. They're going to have to, as scientists, rearrange their mental furniture. Well, I'm not surprised. And we've been teaching things that goes along with this. On the front of this page is a picture of a dinosaur. And it, it's huge, but it has characteristics of a bird. And this is so very, very important. Even they say the terrifying T-Rex belongs into that category. Well, what have we taught in the manifest teachings? We showed how that in the book of Genesis, that when you look at the word God, and you take it to the Hebrew like Strong's Concordance, then that can be a capital G or it can be a small case letter. It can be a plural, plural word or it can be a, a singular word. But there's a lot of contextual aspects like the influences of the Pleiades, Pleiades that will have to be involved in the con context of the Bible. And so, what do we have? Well, let's look at the teaching that we've, that we've done. And not, at this time, trying to denote the application precisely of the gods or God, capital, because in the Peace Manifest Bible, how it is said, is very interesting. It says, in the beginning, manifold God. So you, you retain the capital G, but because you precede it with the word manifold, you create the teachings of, of Jesus Christ as shown in the book of St. John, the disciple of Jesus, in which he says, those that are joined unto Christ are one spirit. You get the word manifold. Well, in this chapter, chapter 1, we have bird 1, 
Verse 20. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament, <clears throat> open firmament of the heaven. Bird one. From the waters, created from the waters. Let's look at bird two. Chapter two, verse 18. And God said, and I'll skip to verse 19. And out of the ground, out of the ground, not waters, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to name. So we see a differentiation of creations that came from the water, of creations that came from the land. This is very significant. And it has to do with some of these changes in evolution that just don't fry the steak proper. We're not knocking evolution. There are contributions that it gives and lends itself of. It has a place because it is an extension of the word evolve. And if we were to say nothing evolves, that would be a category of ignorance. But when we understand it in the sense of latolution, which is manifest teachings, Wow, is there ever light turned on. And that's interesting because another new thing that's happening on the science front is from Germany, where they are have created, and they're getting ready to <clears throat> really turn this on and, and uh, make it happen, the largest artificial sun, which will also generate climate-friendly fuel. And it is a, um, <clears throat> a method that is called S-Y-N, send, S-Y-N, send light. <clears throat> so, it is an amazing thing, and I don't have time <clears throat> to get into these high power lamps and how that they're going to be used, but they will produce light that is about 10,000 times more intense than sunlight on earth. And they've got this thing just at the verge of being ready to go. And then we've got this other thing in science, the Large Hadron Collider, that has discovered five new glue-like particles. And I've talked about this a teeny tiny bit, but it's a very sensational thing that does end up being involved even in uh, genetics. and. Um, uh, we're going to have the time one day to get into the symmetrical aspects, aspects of it and the aspects of the different intensities of energy that create different states uh, within those particles of the five that have been mentioned. And those are interesting things. Well, people need to wake up. They need to get on board the updrift that has always happened when people get into the spirit of things rather than the earthliness of things.
it's quite interesting of the contributions that Christians have made. Now, by saying that, I do not mean to present some radical aspect of thinking that only Christians have made contributions in the science world. Because we know there are great scientific people among the Arabs and among the Jews, not to mention other kinds of offspring. There was a man called Bruno, and he ended up having incredible visions that wasn't accepted scientifically, nor was it accept, accepted with the religious concepts of his day. But his ideas about the many worlds and the expanding worlds was just absolutely sensational. Now we know that people give the credit mostly to Einstein for the creation of the idea about black holes. Black holes, H-O-L-E-S. But I think people need to know that there has been a thinking about black holes quite a bit before Einstein. Remember, Einstein was like around World War II. But all the way back to 1783, there was an English clergyman by the name of John Mitchell who proposed the idea of dark stars so massive and gravitationally powerful they could imprison their own light. Sound familiar? Yes, it's the same thing. Black holes come from the concentration of increasing gravitation that eventually implodes into a black hole. All the way back to 1783 by an English clergyman. He wasn't just making wild assumptions. He had a spirit logic. And I think that those things cannot be misunderstood and misapplied. Well, let's look at a few of the scientists. I can't read them all. It takes a big part of the teaching, big part of the teaching time. But Andrew Pinsent, P-I-N-S-E-N-T, he is a Catholic priest and some of his earliest work, which was in 31 volumes that he co-authored, contributed to the creation of the Large Electron-Positron Collider at CERN. So this great gigantic robot machine at CERN that discovered like these five kinds of particles, that I just mentioned. There was a Christian man involved, a person who believed in Jesus Christ. That's what I call a Christian. He may not believe the way you believe, but if that's where you want to hang, 
you're going to be hanging in Lonesome Valley someday because there's 30, 60, 100-fold levels of how people are allowed to believe according to the Bible. And Jesus taught that. You need to just get off the back of anybody that believes in Jesus Christ because the Bible is, is definite and, and specific that if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are in a category that is different and is, and is accepted. There's another person, a Christian, Lisa Metner, part of the team that discovered nuclear fission, and Sir Francis Bacon, and all his incredible contributions that go on and on and on. Francis Collins, a preeminent geneticist in the whole world. He was so advanced, did groundbreaking work in DNA. Kepler, Johannes Kepler, taught the ideas of planetary motion way before his time. Well, they're scientific disciples, so to speak, that in their disciplines, for instance, Joseph Lister and his far advanced of creating antiseptic surgery and Louis Pastor, Bacteriology, bacteriology and calculus, for one thing, Isaac Newton, celestial mechanics, back to Kepler, dynamics, back to Isaac Newton, galactic astronomy, galactic astronomy, William Herschel, and here's a great one. This was a a priest who was a monk, did genetic discoveries working with peas, P-E-A-S. He was almost the father of genetics. And Ryman, Bern, uh, Bernard Ryman, non-Euclidean geometry, on and on and on. And inventions? Sure. The absolute temperature scale, Lord Kevin. Arterial tables, Charles Bagbage. Barometers, Pascal. Biogenesis law, Louis Pasteur. Electric generator, Michael Faraday. Law of gravity, back to Isaac Newton. Telegraph, Samuel Morris. Transatlantic cable, Lord Kelvin. Vaccinations and immunization, Louis Pasteur. That is just a touch. Just a touch. And there are all kinds of ideas out there. 
about consciousness. Some of them are just contraptions of thought. But Damasio's, he believes that we create ourselves, we create our own consciousness. And his idea is that the concept comes from our own self as we construct moment by moment on the basis of the image of our own body. And it's a kind of autobiography in a sense of the intentions that arise in our within self about the future and the presence. And then there's other persons <coughs> like that teach consciousness is somehow a byproduct of of that which is simultaneous. Having high frequency firing of neurons in different parts of the brain, it's meshing of these frequencies that generate consciousness. And then New York University Medical School, Dr. Linus thinks coordinated electrical signals give rise to consciousness through his idea of different kinds of of crick and and Koch's uh, belief that the firing of neurons is not just simultaneously but also coordinated using highly sensitive device to test that they seem they feel they have confirmed it but of course not at all so that's all based on electric signals even Roger Penrose, a very famous scientist, argues that consciousness may arise from quantum mechanics of all things, the same process that governs the behavior of subatomic particles. And computer scientists come up with a different idea. The mind is something like a parallel processing plant. And what would you think if I said, well, some of these things, are enfolded in what really is happening. But if you leave out the spirit and the understanding of the contribution of the spirit that every human has, then you can never understand what consciousness is. And someday when we have the time, we will really get into a deep teaching of consciousness rather than feeding you skim milk. And we talked a little bit about this, how that there's a great I don't know if it's great, but a constant challenge of the King James Version of the Bible, especially <clears throat> because when talking about the Holy Spirit and some of the elite entities of the Bible, it uses what they call the degrading word, it. And... Um, like, for instance, in John 1, 32, And John bare a record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And Romans 8, 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. Romans 8, 26, The Spirit itself maketh intercessions. And they just hate that word 
because they would try to put the word in she or he and humanize it, which a lot of the new translations of the Bible have done. Well, what does it say manifestly? Oh, we just take a word like it and we make it an abbreviation. And someone say, oh, you do? I say, absolutely. And so what is it an abbreviation of? Spirit. <laughs> That's not how we handle it. Because, you know, in the manifest revelation, we use the word un, U-U-N, so as not to say male or female, because the Bible says that in the first domain, the heaven of heavens, there is neither male nor female, and they are neither married or given in marriage. And so when you don't listen to what the Bible says, then you're exactly what the Bible does say when you leave spirit out. That the body without the spirit is dead. And so, don't let anybody destroy your faith in the King James Version. We're not saying any book out there is perfect. We are not. We are not saying that. But what we are saying is the King James is a great Bible, and I love it. Now, as to the things of the manifest teachings, like we've recently shared with you, like the Biome Astron emissions and the Alpha Omega Omega of syntone emissions and the reoccurring from the past universes to a new universes, sometimes compounded in a singularity and then intermingled in the stretched out materials from that expanded singularity forming a new universe in which is involved from our teachings, the domatron force fields. And these are waves from the first domain that can both repel or attract. They have the capability of, of opposite energy force. So, in these wonderful revelations of the thoughts of God, we're right in there with Abraham, who was told to look up to the stars. Count them if you can, Abraham. There was a deep meaning to that, and he would have to grab onto it. Or he would not understand that standing where he was, he can't even see all the stars in order to count them even if his vision was excelled. The number of stars is better understood in folds, F-O-L-D-S, like 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, described in Mark 4.20 and Matthew 13.8, and combined with the idea of seeds. 
So you have the 30-fold literal energy and substance of elements which present the potential for the manufacture and creation of all that is in the physical universe, in, including mankind. And you have the 60-fold, the number of stars that are representative of the degree of the power for entering the positions and the sequences of the flows of life. Numbers of physical and spiritual levels of a person or group, a group's divine or evil status. The hundredfold, the collapse of numbers, large to, num large, uh, to numbers finite, and of zero, and their relation to the number one and the number zero. And morning star revelations, meaning all the many different kinds of things, like a collective of a thousand, or a morning star, the highest kind equaling a collection of a trillion, a brilliant physical star person who is called creative neuron, physical that is, a brilliant spiritual star person who is called an aeon of ages or an age of ages entity. A supernova star person who is called Merkabus, throne riders, Psalm 6817 KJV. A supernova star person called the Merkabus, throne riders, compare 6817 KJV. And the ensemble of thrones from which the throne on throws, on, O N, throws, T H R O W S, produce white holes, and the throne off throws produces black holes, dark energy equaling off-throws, uh, pardon me, dark matter e equaling off-throws, and dark energy equaling on-throws. And so all these incredible revelations of the white hole having a similarity to our teachings of the causeway, calling those things that are not as though they are, and those things that are, in some cases, as though they are not, which creates a holy tunnel, a passageway, a needle's eye, and a straight and narrow path. Well, are people thinking right out there? Are they getting on track? T-R-A-C-K, sometimes I, in a, in a big blur of hurrying, put a T on the end, pay no attention to it. There is a meaning to that. That's a special kind of track. But are people thinking right? Well, Luke 12, 40 says, Be therefore ready, the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. We've got too many people out there that think not. They think not that Christians can produce these incredible revelations. They think it takes an atheist or an agnostic We've got too many people out there that think not that you can have revelations that are continuing. They think that they stopped back there at the early church and everything is just in a static. But we don't believe that. We don't accept that. We believe that we're in dives. Dives that go upward and dives that go downward. And that there is a continuum. And we understand all the different kinds of mindsets that there are in all the kinds of different waves that affect the mind, like the delta waves, 
with four, four, four hertz, and the, the theta waves with four to eight hertz, and the alpha waves with eight to 13 hertz, and the beta waves with 13 to 26 hertz. H-E-R-T-Z or Z, however you like it, according to whether you're Canadian or, or uh, e e English, via American. All the renderings and reorderings, the precognition, the dwelling in the mind loops and the inner schemes and touching on the ultra-virez, U-L-T-R-A, virez, V-I-R-E-S, which is beyond even the new. It's the pluperfect. It's beyond the legal power of men and corporations. It's introspection. It's intuitive. It's absolute. Wow. Where are we going? We're going up. We're going up. I mean, if you go way back into 1557, before the 1600s of the KJV Bible, the Geneva Bible called the word, or spelt the word spirit as sprite, S-P-R-I-T-E, instead of spirit. But there's different meanings to that when you get into those ancient differentiations. And you, know, you put it all together, you end up with 30, 60, 100 fold. So the designations uh, that can have special re references over the years and over the determinations as used in different words are all part of these interested, absolutely essential kind of things. So what do we want to do? We want to get into the personality of the Holy Spirit. We want to get into a direct aspect, direct address from God. We want to understand those personal pronouns and identify them as they are contextually revealed. What do we want to do? We don't want to get swamped in some kind of gram, grammar uh, uh, hitch that, that uh, ties us up into cultural languages. We just want to be free. We understand that there are different kinds of pronouns. The positive, the negative, the, 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 the nurture pronoun. And we understand that Greek has grammatical rendering of genders. English has only natural gender. And there are problems of limit, limits in the languages, and we have to overcome it because we cannot be bound by a few words that belong to the limits of culture. So when we were talking last week in the teaching, and I was giving you a presentation in Holy Ghost Part 11, and I read you these different scriptures about Jesus Christ, and they're all so beautiful to hear. There was a few scriptures I, I, I just didn't have time to read. But we talked about that scripture, which Jesus said, Thank you not that I can pray to my Father, and he, can, he presently can send me more than 12 legions of angels. Matthew 26, 53 KJV. Angels are heavenly messengers. Jesus is a heavenly messenger and therefore an angel. The message is the word. 
The scripture goes on, My Father is greater than I, John 14, 28, KJV. The Son can do nothing but what he sees the Father do. I want to repeat a couple of these because they're so important. He says, These also doeth the Son likewise. John 5.19, KJV, the Father loves the Son and shows him all the things he does. Does God love you? Don't you know the Bible? Don't you know John 3.16, for God so loved the world? He's not talking about the physical earth. He's talking about the physical people. So loved them. Of course he loves you. And he will show you these things also. As the father, father raises up the dead and quickens them, so also the Son raises up the dead and quickens them. John 5, 21, KJV. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has given. So has he given the Son to have life in his self. John, 20, John 5, 26, KJV. The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself. This is Jesus talking. The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself. Wouldn't you like to get there? when you're speaking by the Holy Spirit and ministering by the Holy Spirit and making decisions even to help people by the Holy Spirit to be speaking the words of the Holy Ghost that are coming from the Father, which art in heaven. But the Father that dwells in me gives me the word, John 14, 10. I'm going to close up this part in just a jiff. So the manner in which we are to pray is our Father which art in heaven. My Father which art in heaven, Matthew 6, 9. I am the truth and the life. No person comes to the Father but by me, John 14, 6. You don't get to the Father except through the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. My Father dwells in me and I dwell in him. And you dwell in me and I dwell in you. And Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, baptizes us with the Holy Ghost, Two scriptures, John 1, 29 and John 1, 33, KJV. I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believes in me, though he were dead, and you know there's a lot of living dead out there, and we need to get some of these living dead back on track because though he were dead, yet shall he live. John eleven twenty five, KJV, Jan at the organ.
sensationally beautiful, absolutely corresponding to the Spirit of God. Thank you, Janet Lee. Okay. What is the Holy Ghost? Part 12. And you know, I want to share again the introduction that we, we sent out. But this is all going to go into a book. <clears throat> and it's important that people hear some of these things. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. In the gauge of animation from whence came, from which came the mortals, discoveries may be found by reading the footprints of the primitives, to search, but not to scrabble, or pause, to be determined to find the passageway beyond the gap and the rift, to avoid the hole and its jet out of gangrenous or gangrene issues, to not join those who walk the gangplank of judgment based on the guess of fact, to take on the hiatus that is a rest from folly and stooping to discern by smelling the rot of history. Ah, what a hiatus that would be. You tired of smelling the rot of history? There's 130 years that there's been some rot going on in some of the teachings of evolution. And there's changes getting ready to happen. Blessed be the name of God. So those things are occurring because people have chosen to discern by that rod of history rather than discern by the spirit of history. And to seek beyond the, the chasm, the chasm of the unfound hollow places where still abide the markings of stories written in songs and traces of long, long ago. When I received this call, I knew I must learn how to overcome the groan and the grieves of life. I knew I must limit my corporeal self, cling to the Holy Spirit, cling to it. I knew it was the way of life to die young or to live to be a grizzled old age. I named the properties of my mind as top assets next to the assets of my spiritual beliefs. God gave me the power of gripping the good things, gripping the knowledge, and not holding on to the crumbling things. I was interested in the total entire of the true stories of past earth travelers. It would only be such a grasp that one would find the diamond jewel that owned all the joints of radiance, where one could breathe the whole truth and nothing but the whole truth. So help you, God. In the course of history, hundreds of thousands of seekers who searched with hands off of certain discoverable truths, made reports, died, and passed on, never knowing the whole truth. Sadly, large is that number, and how sad the outturn of seekers searching to still discover truth. Well, now comes the Manifesto Yada. What is the Holy Ghost? Part 12. Subtitle, Casting Out the Genie Tares and the Earth World by 2030. Looking and searching, using limited concepts, 
is so out of date, it is primitive. Come on, catch on to that. This idea of limitations, even in the persona of yourself, I don't think I can do it. It's just too hard. It's too difficult. <coughs> Get over that ramp. Get over that quagmire. The sweep of time is in the air, of space far into almost endless perimeters. Consequently, the need to be open to multiply possibilities is the in thing. In the river of time, the ripples of the waves speak many things. I shared with you all these different kind of hurts, levels, and intensities of the different kind of waves. Strange, those waves could be said to say, book learning has its values. However, sometimes practical reasoning wins the day. There is even a greater extent of the unctions of the Holy Ghost to reveal the reality that can lift a, man, a mind to think outside of a person's own framework and to incur by that kind of mindness with a special kind of wit and reasoning. You will soon be able to see why this input of the Holy Ghost unction is so important. And how that it grants you the ability for interceding. And it is in leading. And it is foremost to fulfill the command of Jesus Christ. Go you into all the world. Raise the dead. Set free the prisoners. Those prisoners being implanted humans. And deliver them out of their state of implant. Humankinds are not straight evolved persons. I guess you know that by now from these teachings. If you don't listen carefully and get this rooted and grounded into your mind. Humankind has been tampered with. The Bible tells the story of how Lucifer, Satan's devils, implanted genetic information into the human race. Jesus called this implanted material tares, T-A-R-E-S. It is mostly unknown how old creation really is and how that the prince of darkness was involved in those ancient creations and experiments. How far back does it go when Jesus talks about how that the devils put these tares into the fields, and the fields represented the world, of the people, God still loved the world, represents all the people of the world. How far back does that go? And that's going to be the amazing, surprising thing <coughs> as the manifest continues on in these revelations. All right. <coughs> Jesus um, called these implanted materials tares. But as I said, it's mostly unknown how old creation really is and how that a prince of darkness was involved in those ancient creations. Wow. Is that right? Yeah. Someone says, well, I don't, I don't believe that. I go to the book of Genesis and it says, God, 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 God. You know, is that right? Well, you can find by looking into the Bible carefully how that in one place we've got God 
and it's giving one kind of advice. And in another place, we've got God on the same subject giving a different kind of advice. And that one turns out to be a true God, the other turns out to be the devil, Lucifer, Satan. And it's clearly evidenced by the scripture in the contextuality. Because God's Elohim is how the Bible starts off in Genesis. In the beginning, the Elohim, which is a plural word. <coughs> and you will have somebody who thinks he's a scholar or has some constituency of being a scholar. They'll say, well, anyone should know that knows anything about the Bible that the word Elohim, which is plural, is made singular because of the verb. Well, <laughs> the verbs aren't correct anyway, because they want to call God He. And that's totally incorrect, because you're making the, the holiest thing that exists, which is God, to be a man. Someone says, well, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. I mean, we're, we're after His image. I mean, we look just like God. Aren't you a fool? I don't want to call you an idiot because I don't want to get nasty with my talk. But it's not too far from that. Because God, the Bible says, is invisible. And you don't look very invisible. And so you see, it's just a whole bunch of misunderstanding that's gone on. And people have gotten glued into it. It's a glue on. When you really begin to understand what the Bible is really saying, it has to be plural. And that's why within the context, and remember in the beginning, the Bible had no periods, no commas, no colons. Even the letters were not separated. No spaces in between to make chapters. So in that writ, it very clearly says, let us go down and see what man is doing. Let us do this. Let us. It's a plurality, contextually. So the further context, which is part of the original context, modifies <coughs> any what persons might think is a verbular definition that modifies the plurality to be singular. It is subtracted of its modification by the further statement that is within the context of the let us, let us, which is a plural meaning about the Elohim, the gods. So when it says we are made in, in the, the, the image of the Elohim, that's right. Because when the angels, the messengers, left the first domain, which is the spirit realm, in order to be commutative to the creations, they had to take on physical bodies. And the kind of physical body they took on is the kind of physical body they used to make the first man with the soul, who was Adam. And so when you begin to understand that, it changes everything. When it says, you know, we are made after the image of the gods, not the invisible God, but the gods. 
You're talking about made after the image of the Ophanim angels who took physical bodies to come and create. And so did the cherubims, and so did the cher seraphims. Get that straight. Yeah, I don't want to say put it in your pipe and smoke it, because I don't smoke, and I'm not asking any of you to have to smoke to do that. All right. The river of time. I hope you're in that. I hope you overcome the strange of like this 130 years that evolution has been unchallenged. Hey, we're here today. We're challenging. We are challenging. It's a revolution of thought that is so real and so so alikened to the real meaning of what the scripture is supposed to be. And that's why this Bible, the Manifest Peace Bible, has got to get completed, has got to get out to the world. And we need your help to help us to do it. And that's why, as I explained to all these different Christian scientists, you know, they, they contributed some very neat, important, revolutionary things. But there's a continuum of this. God is not out of holy people. When Elijah thought he was the last prophet and there was no one else left, he said, oh, God said, come on, get off of it. I've got all kinds of other people who have never bowed to the force of darkness. They're around. You just don't know them by name or in person. God's got people. And we're the destinata group here. We're part of those people. And we need to get out that book on the black hole manual. And we need to get out that book on the planet Arteria, the Father's house. Because I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, when these books get out that I have mentioned, and we get out the book of, of, evolu of not evolution, but evolution versus latolution, or latolution versus evolution, and that 130 years gets stomped on, doesn't mean everything will be wrong, but it means that a lot of junk will have to be chipped off. Come on. Get on this track. Get on this train. It's the glory train. Okay. Yeah, the prince of darkness. The father of shadows. The Lucifer Satan. He did some creation. He took over on the fifth day of creation. And he was involved for a long time creating all kinds of things. And that's why there's a difference and there's two different stories of creation. And people have not been able to understand that. The scholars have been stumped and fumped on it. But we're explaining it to you. It's two different stories of creation because there were two creations. There was a, a beginning with the true Elohim, but then Lucifer began to, to change the codes and the signals and got his, his junk in there, just like Jesus said. The devil slipped in, and they got their tares into the field of the world. And that included dinosaurs. Come on, people. 
All right. Whoa and wow. This, this eternal prince of darkness made implants in the very primitive human phototypes. Which implants are still active today in the DNA uh, genes of the modern humans of civilization? The Bible calls these implants tares, T-A-R-E-S, and reveal the dark prince force who was involved. The reason for tares' escape of being noticed genetically has to do with the tares' ability to in its particles have several different energy states. To discover the intricate aspects of such things can be super spiritual and to an extent, deep science. Let me say this before we get wrapped up in a subject by that focus, which is about the individuality of the genetic self. God so loved the world, St. John 3.16, is a statement which means God cares about the people of the world and their needs, including the environ and life provisions. During this time of life on earth, hospitals are being chosen to be bombed and doctors, nurses, and the very sick and the war-wounded persons are being grossly killed and medical facilities are being destroyed. This is being done in spite of it being a war crime. Now someone says, whoa, what's all this stuff you're slipping in? Well, before we just totally get into the f subject of the genie tears and all that, I, I'm concerned about the, you know, the suffering that's going on in the world, like the world famine and, and like these cases in which they are bombing hospitals. To pray is, is, is vital, but it seems to not be enough. The Bible says to watch and pray. Perhaps the term watch may be very flexible, able to be deepened to mean do whatever you can do to see to it that such humans, such human violations are stopped. In the last week, the Lord opened upon me the Ezekiel vision, the God-given ministry of having the instructions and faith to, by prophecy, come against the nations, the lands, and the armies who were being destructive in a cruel kind of way and were acting out primitive evil actions. So I've begun to pray against these bomber airplanes and rockets by requesting for them to fail on their missions. When they're on the way to bomb a hospital, kill the sick and the doctors and the nurses, for their airplanes just to fail. Or, and I don't know I have the approval of this, but I'm going to be bold, asking for the Ziths, Z-Z-I-T-H-S of the cherubim or the Eritreans. to shoot down those airplanes if it's necessary. And I'm not asking for the pilots to die. If they can hopefully be able to bail out, that'd be great. And then there's the famine thing in Africa and other parts of the world. Lack of water, lack of, of food. We've got to go beyond just praying. So I ask God for there to be vast upgrowths of large non-poisonous mushrooms with protein food value. And for edible birds and insects, such as grasshoppers, to fly into the famine areas and be provided as food for the starving. And further, for a great conscience to come up and to come on the people who are in leadership of the world to help 
and provide for those famished nations and people. Okay. I think that's so important. We have to care about people. Let's go on to part 12. The mother and the father DNA effect on Eve, the wife of Adam. Adam, who by the way did have a belly button, in a sense said, when speaking about Eve, this child born out of my body is a diversified DNA of the mother and father of me, Adam. She is of the flesh of my flesh and the bone of my bone and shall grow up and be called woe-man because she was born out of a man. And this will be the sign of oneness and merging for couples who become a man and a wife. Read Genesis 2, 23-24 MIV. Until the Bible gets out, the Peace Bible, read and try to understand the best you can in the King James. In Destiny, it, it was written of Adam, One day you must leave the Garden of Eden and return to the land from whence you were born. What? You mean Adam wasn't created in the Garden of Eden? No. That's not what the Bible teaches. He was created somewhere else and brought to the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.23 In the truth range, Adam was not created in the Garden of Eden. He was brought into the Garden of Eden from another land, and his first aspect of creation was from out of the dust of the human grounds of a primitive mother and father. Now, now there's, there's people that don't get it. They think it says that Adam was created out of the ground, out of the dust. And they think it's a gingerbread uh, uh, man type of creation where you take the mud and you sort of, you know, wet it a little bit and hand press it together and, and then you put it in the oven and you bake it and you end up with a human being. That's not the kind of ground it's talking about. If the Bible says that we're going to, we're going to return to the ground, our ashes are going to become ground again, then that's because we are ground. But we are in a different form of the ground, in a form of atoms and molecules. But we're nevertheless of the same energy nature that when it de degenerates, it will go back to dust because we came from the dust, which is the dust of the ground. And so, when you begin to understand that, you know, the creation goes on and it's still being made out of the ground. Even though you are born of a of a of a mother, uh, a human mother or a human father, that's still a, a a birth and a creation out of the ground. You got to get that down. All right. So he 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 was brought to the Garden of Eden from another land. His first aspect of creation was from out of the dust of the human grounds of a primitive mother and father. The Lord revealed this lost ministry to, to Ezekiel, which was a lost, uh, long lost story about Adam, the spirit soul who was chosen to sire the seed of the holy city Jerusalem people. Adam was soul birthed for the precise purpose of bodies being made available 
be fruitful and multiply for the salvation of the fallen Ophanim. Represented as spiritual Israel under the holy capital of Jerusalem, which there's a whole teaching I've done on the, on the meaning of the word Jerusalem. We don't have time for that right now. For this purpose, Adam was born in the land of Canaan, and his father was a mountain man. From the word Amorite, Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, H567, a mountaineer. And Adam's mother was a wild, violent woman, a Hittite. Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, H2850, from H, uh, H for meaning Hebrew, from H2845, which means terror, from Strong's H2865, a violent wild woman or people. The evidence of the primitive background Adam uh, made from the dust of the ground is scripturally strong. Ezekiel 16.13. Now that is such an incredible revelation that Ezekiel received. But you know, if, if you go over into uh, the Bible and into some of his other uh, you know, revelations, and I think it's like uh, Ezekiel um, 28, uh, you know, where he talks about um, Eden, uh, and, and, and then uh, he goes on in, in some other scriptures uh, and talks about Eden. Uh, well, come on, people. It, it, it is just very, very clear that e Ezekiel had a revelation about Eden that a lot of the other prophets did not have. And, and that's the way God does things. Sometimes he gives people, you know, almost an exclusivity. They have a, they have a spirit, spiritual franchise to, to bring forth something. And people say, well, how come John knew all these various things? Or Isaiah knew these certain things? Or Ezekiel knew these certain things? Or Daniel knew these certain things? Because they had a franchise from God. And I think there's a manifestor franchise, and and why all these incredibly unusual uh, uh, revelations are coming forth at this time is is a spiritual franchise that God is opening up, and 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 it's time to break the bond of iniquity and 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 the chain of darkness, and to open up the pathways of light in a way that is sensational, in a way that is beyond uh, anything. Uh, uh, that's been going on for 130 years or more. Okay, whoa and wow, wow. <clears throat> so let's go on here because this is this is uh, this is so 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 important. And, and you've got these scriptures. You you need to read them. Now both the Septuagint Bible and the King James Bible, by deep reading, reveal that the baby Adam was born and then thrown away by the child's mother and father, most likely due to an appearance of gender birth defect in the child. Ezekiel 16 KJV. Inasmuch as Adam's sex organs were bound within the skin's cover of the body, it could not be determined whether Adam was a male or female. The mother and father, knowing that such a birth could cause their death because of the mystical dark native beliefs of their tribal people, decided to just cast Adam away and disclaim him. So Adam the babe lying there under the shadow of shadows seemed doomed by the gong of time that spoke of death. 
But then, but then, the Spirit of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, which is a special designation for Lord, passed by and saw the child who had been cast away to die, and looking upon the child's bloody body from the torn umbilical cord, and having not been washed in water, and discerning the child had primitive polluted bloodlines, that's all in the Bible, in its body, nevertheless said to the dying child, I say to you, live. <laughs> I say to you, live. So the Lord formed the child to become the first man with a spirit soul. Even though he had been taken from the earth dust of a primitive, Lucifer-created offspring of barbaric people, then the Lord's Spirit breathed from within the child's body and exhaled through the child's nostrils, and Adam became a living spirit soul. Ezekiel 16.6, Genesis 2.7, MIV. So began the generations of Adam, Genesis chapter 5. For Adam was chosen to sire, bottoms, uh, to sire bodies for the fallen Ophanim angels called wheels in Ezekiel chapter 1 and 10. The fall of the Ophanim angels described in Revelations 12, 7, not to be confused with the fallen angels of Lucifer, Satan, in Revelations 12, 9, KJV. So, the Ophanim angels who God foreknew God predestinated to become transformed in a firstborn regeneration of the image of his salvation plan. For a second Adam would come whose name would be Jesus Christ, whose first universal presence is called the Father. Romans 8, 29, MIV. So the salvation plan was conceived for the Ophanims, who were to be, who, whom were to return to their election to be justified by the offering of Jesus Christ as their gift of salvation, grace, and redemption, Romans 8.30, MIV. So, to this day, the earnest expectation of the creature body, the human personal, and the spirit within waits for the manifestation of the sons of God, open and angels. That's the thing, folks. That is what is being waited upon. It's for this manifestation of the sons of God. And who are the sons of God? And understanding the differentiation. That was in Romans 8, 19, MIV. Such knowledge as this, according to the Bible, was foreordained before this world was begun to the glory of the Ophanim angels who now were prisoners in mortal bodies living in the land of forgetfulness. 1 Corinthians 2.7 MIV and Psalms 88.1.12 or 1.2, which is 12, KJV. Eve and Gaidon, the serpent, man-deceiver. Gaidon being the name of the Gaihon man-serpent who deceived Eve, Gaidon. Did Eve know Gaidon? Psalms 119, 147. Spirit of the prevention of dawn. The serpent man, 
before her meeting with him in the middle zone between the east and west gardens of the land of Eden, where grew the forbidden fruit tree. If she was not aware of any other humans existing prior to that meeting, but herself and Adam, she would be alone in the in that certain garden spot. Uh, would she not be afraid of, of such a stranger, an entity who was presenting a totally different viewpoint about the forbidden fruit than what the angels who had raised her to adulthood had taught her? But then, to be fully perspective from all views, there is a factor that must be considered. That factor is in the Bible, and it says Adams gave names to all four-legged animals such as cattle, and he named birds and fowls of the air, which would include some flying insects. He also named every beast and creature of the field. However, it was not Adam's idea to name the animals, but the Bible says the Lord God caused every living creature of God's choice to come before Adam in the garden east so Adam could name them. Obviously, among every living creature had to include some of the primitive soulless people who mostly lived in the West Garden. Because remember, you have this midst of the garden. You have the tree of life and the tree of good and evil. And that is in the midst. And the separation is between the, the eastern plant, plant in the garden, of, of garden East of the Garden of Eden and then you have the West Garden. Now, remember, if someone says East Garden, you can't have an East Garden without having a West, because it is East is only refined by by having a West, and West is only refined by having an East, and that's just the way it works in geography and in the Bible. Okay, so obviously, among every living creature had to include some of the primitive soulless people, mostly who lived in the West Garden. This had to be the case, because Adam searched among those people for a wife, because the Lord God had decided it was not good for Adam to not have a mate. Now, some people are so, so erratic of, real, of reality. Uh, they, they think that Adam's going out there looking at the monkeys and looking at the apes and uh, looking at the other kind of animals and seeing if any of them might work out to be a wife or a mate. And and, and that's certainly not what happened. He certainly, uh, uh, certainly goes a little bit longer than that, for sure. Um, it, 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 uh, but let's, uh, let's speed on here. Uh, it it, it uh, certainly was of the nature that there were human prototypes out there that could have been selected by Adam. And he could have said, well, what about that woman there? But there was none that was satisfactory, none that, that touched his heart, none that bore witness with his spirit, you know? So um, let's go on. Um, so God has a plan, and there's no mate because, because uh, the plan is to multiply and be fruitful and and to not incur with the spirit soul births until Adam had a mate who could help him by a 50% donorship of DNA for the offspring. 
Shockingly, there was not even one possibility of a person who could match Adam to wife for a wife. So the Bible reveals that these two gardens, the Garden East, the Garden West, were divided by a middle place called the Mist, M-I-D-S-T, placed between the two gardens. This mist grew or became a neutral zone where the tree of life and the tree of good and evil knowledge grew. After the fall of Eve, Adam and Eve were taken out of the garden and a war commenced between the cherubim of Gabriel and the Kohun cherubim of Lucifer, Satan. And this is one of the reasons why that in the Bible, the spelling there of the of the uh, the cherubim that were put there at, uh, with swords, flaming swords turning every which way to guard or to to make a decision for who was to be in control, uh, spells the word cherubim with an S on it, when in fact the word cherubim is a plural without an S. And so when you put an S on that plural, it's because that it designated two different kinds of cherubim. The cherubim that were co-owned with Lucifer, Satan, and the cherubim that were of uh, the uh, under the command of Gabriel. And, and that was the intensity of that meaning, uh, a very deep code indeed. Okay, and so the war commenced between the cherubim of Gabriel and the Kohun cherubim of Lucifer, uh, Satan, the chief ancient star serpent. Genesis 3, 23, 4. God allowed the angel angels to war over the way of the tree of life. Also see Psalms 104, 4, MIV. This left the original virgin birth possibility in place for Adam to birth his own wife. And for that birth, uh, birthed entity to be raised by the angels to adulthood and one day uh, to, uh, for them to bring her to Adam for matrimony. From that viewpoint, it then would be understood that Eve was aware of the other West Garden people. Knowing about some of those people made her, uh, uh, made her meeting with Gaidon, the Gai Han serpent people, uh, easier to have happened. Gaidon was a person, no doubt, already named by Adam and discerned to be more uh, subtle than any of the other animals and living creature that animal that pardon that Adam had named. So. He was more subtle than any of the other uh, animals and living creatures uh, that, that Adam had named. And that word subtle, of course, uh, has many, many interesting uh, meanings. We talked about some of those in the last uh, teaching. Check it out. Read Genesis 18, uh, chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2, 18 through 20, KJV. Another deep consideration is that in the course of time, after it was discovered that there was no prospect of a mate for Adam, he was made pregnant by the Holy Ghost or by the Holy Spirit, and in the due of time, Adam was put into a state of sleep, deep sleep, and the baby was removed or and taken to be raised by the angels, just like as Adam had been raised by the angels. In, in the planning of this birth, <clears throat> the DNA was made diversified of cellular likeness to Adam's gene cells and hormones, such as uh, the gene tree was properly set for the offspring to come. How did the serpent man do mobility before God put a limit on him of belly travel? Or is that... Um, 
or, or is it that the scripture is not about a snake crawling on its belly? But is the real meaning very different? Is there a secret meaning in the term belly? Such as the fact that the name Gihon has the meaning of belly in its name. Gihon is one of the four rivers coming out of the Garden of Eden. Rivers of water were sometimes used in the Bible to symbolically represent people. Compare Isaiah 8, 7 through 8, and Revelation 17, 15, KJV. So Gihon being a river, as used in the Bible context as, as a river, Genesis 2, 13, KJV, was actually a person. And in fact, uh, a people. In fact, the Gihon River referred to Gihon Serpent Man and his genetic people. Furthermore, the meaning of when God said to the serpent, because of your deceiving Eve, you will be cursed more than the other animals of the field, and therefore you will be forced to go on your belly all the days of your life. Genesis uh, 3.13 uh, and through 14 KJV. Interestingly, belly as used here connects to Strong's Hebrew Dictionary, H1512, which connects to H1518, which connects to H1521. According to these strongest Hebrew references of the Hebrew dictionary, they reveal that belly, uh, that the belly curse uh, relates in the Gihon name inasmuch as the term belly is woven in the Gihon name and astoundingly the term belly and the curse are shown to really mean from age 15, 18, you will have to labor to bring forth your successes for the rest of your days of life on earth. And the, and the going on its belly, which actually is connected to the, the Gihon name to actually the serpent itself, is actually very important to understand it's not about the snake syndrome. The curse is then explained as to why and how this need for the serpent man to labor would occur in order to succeed. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. The woman's seed will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. So the easy deception trick pulled on Eve during the time during that time would not be easy or simple to do in to in the future uh, to in the future accomplish due to the enmity situation genesis three fifteen the enmity is something he'll have to put up with the rest of the days of his life that is the meaning of going on his belly Jesus Christ nevertheless gave a great credit of wisdom to serpents such as he tempted Eve. When he said, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, Matthew 10, 16. Jesus, during his ministry, called certain uh, persons serpents and vipers. So to the, so to the point, uh, it is well set into understanding regarding the use of symbolism and metaphorical language. Also, the name Adam, which sounds similar to Atom, A-T-O-M, uh, and spelled in the Bible A-D-A-M, is not without relevance since the term Adam means red clay, and as well can mean even dirt and the dust of the earth. So the propagation of human births is literally the making of humans from the dust atoms of the earth or of the body, which is also sometimes called earth. Genesis 3.19, KJV. This is because humans are a material plot of the earth element and their children are created after that order. Then there is the important point. The Eve name was also called Adam. Genesis 5.2. Further, the Bible pins the garden incident 
of the serpent deception uh, when to Eve being in being uh, the transgressor. Um, Eve is called the transgressor in First Timothy two fourteen through fifteen. Nevertheless, Eve being called the mother of all living, Genesis three twenty KJV, was without doubt the re in the re in generation of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who was uh, the who was the living um, and and. Uh, uh, Christ administered the message of uh, who was who who was the uh, the mother of the living Christ uh, and the minister uh, who was minister of the message of being born again from above. So Eve was born of a virgin birth via the first Adam, and uh, uh, the Mary of Jesus uh, in the open world. Uh, Jesus Christ was Yahweh the Father, and Eve. Now I'm I'm going to I'm going to hit this again because I just feel it's so important for you to get it. Okay, we have Jesus Christ, who is born of his mother, who is called who is, who is called Mary. But we are actually showing here that this virgin birth is similar to the other virgin birth that happened in the Bible, when when Adam as a virgin gave birth to Eve, and then Eve being the regeneration of Mary, she gives a virgin birth to Jesus Christ, who is also called Adam. He's called the, he's called the second Adam. So it, it's a dual, dualistic uh, reversal that is duplicated. So um, the mother of Jesus, Jesus, uh, is both Eve and Mary. Uh, in the open world, Jesus Christ was Yahweh, the Father, and Eve, Mary, was Dominius, the second of the Lord of hosts, command elect Ophan. Dominius in the Latin means Lord, for he was an angel who reached the position of being a master. He is also named in the Bible, uh, but there is not space or time in this presentation to do the trace work and the proof subsequently um, in the Bible of many gods and lords, it, uh, it would take some time. Unquestionably, each star lord differs from each other star uh, as to their glories. First Corinthians fifteen twenty one. Now, there's this thing about casting out the genies. And that is very, very important. <clears throat> I, I have to finish this. I know I'm going over, but it's it's imperative because it's the last uh, of the series. Okay, so now casting out genies, which are sometimes called devils. By no means does the Bible teach that all sickness and diseases are caused by demon possession. But there was lost in uh, but there was lost in translation the meaning of demons and devils. What was lost was the duality of some of those words in their positive and negative aspects. I've done teachings on this, but don't have the time uh, or space to elaborate here. <coughs> Substantially, the fact is, the Bible makes a provision for the existence of genies that is a carryover of ancient and current gene donors. Such DNA is in the, gene, uh, in the genes and sometimes inset as potential for diseases, 
and the inset for the lacking of having a good immune system, as well as many other negative insets into the genes. Jesus taught that Lucifer's uh, Satan, angel, devils, and planet into the genes, a metaphorical input called tares. Matthew 13, 27 through 30, and verses 37 through 39. After the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus appeared to 11 disciples and told them to go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out devils. Mark 16, 15 through 18, KJV. Now, there is such a thing as literally casting out demons. But some of the references to casting out demons in the Bible referred to casting out genies, which are the works of demons. So we have to understand that. Uh, I want to do just a, a, a short little prayer here uh, because... God said, go into all the world and cast out demons. And, uh, you know, that's the plan. And that's what God wants us to do. Uh, you know, it, it is something that God is teaching us and, and telling us that we have to do. Now, the crowning point of the 11 disciples that they could not have had is this thing about going to all of the world and preach the gospel. They couldn't have done that based on the travel provisions of their time. To have been able to go into all the world in their lifetime, it would need to have been done by a photo transmitting. Now, Philip was carried by the Spirit from one town to another. So we know that these things were known way back in the early church time of the Bible. But this photo transmitting of a prayer, uh, like uh, in a remote kind of way, could uh, could allow have allowed them to achieve this in their lifetime. But most importantly, they would have had to come into the knowledge of human genes and the genies, and disciples would have needed to be able to reach an ability for going into remote travel by their prayers so as to cast out devils and genies all over the whole world. Jesus did remote healings and said, you will do greater works than I. The date today is March 26, 2017. And this is my prayer for local and remote, remote healing. That those persons who hear this, what is the Holy Ghost message, will hear this Holy Ghost word. By the power given to me by the Holy Ghost, I now command the hearers of this message to be delivered from their problem, of, from their problem genies, by this word um, causing a casting out of their bad and unhealthy genies. Therefore, I send a spirit whirlwind of the Holy Ghost to descend upon all those listeners of this message and call, call for the Holy Ghost to cast out those bad genies now and once and for all, amen and amen. And that is my prayer going out over the, the ether waves. They're going out into the ears of people. He that hath an ear, let him hear and let them be healed. And let these genies be cast out by the multitudes. Okay, final last part. The world in 2030. Beyond the shadows of idiom, signs become evident in the circle dial of indicators of the twist of coming events.
there is coming a coil of disturbances to and on the planet Earth. And these slanting android, or as they may be called, a chunk of corner-wise happenings from nature, history will not be able to deny that these events were and are to be overwhelmingly powerful. The old world dies of its ease, and a new world rises with innovations for survival. Augmentatively, no straits or curves of analysts can prophesy the whole of the disfigurement to the wellness of the living. This negative transfigurement event uh, will be occurring via the environment of the earth. Know this, a great trembling is coming. This trembling will cause knees to bow and pray to God for help. Knees belonging to persons who do not generally even believe in God. Thus will rise from many mouths a recognizing of the sheer near helplessness of human ability to defer nature's strikes on land, oceans, and airways. Shorelines will shrink. Mounds of glacial ice continue to melt and become more and more water for the oceans. Before the input of the year 2030 comes to an end, though these ten protrudes will accentuate the times. One, the dire of the time will stimulate an advance in spirituality that will be magnificent. Two, a planet will be named as fitted with a 70% chance of having an unusual degree of life on its habitat. Three, the United States will have achieved major international domination in several fields which will enhance an updated education system. Four, an impetus for change will seek to model the world. Five, the ability to synthesize most anything will stand on the threshold. Six, extension of life will be available to those who have the right assets. Seven, cancer will become a source of breakthrough uh, medical insight. Eight, the robot world will become rooted for the long of the future. Nine, the manifest ministry will score of international recognition. Ten, the power of infusion and other scientific knowledge will make star travel more than just a dream. God bless you. We love you. Janet Lee. Thank you.